This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer is talking about the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and her leadership in the House these past two years. This comes as the whole Pelosi household has made it into the national headlines once again with the break-in to their San Francisco home this past weekend in which her husband Paul Pelosi was attacked and injured. Palmer spoke with 1819's executive editor Jeff Poor on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile. I I think people give Pelosi too much credit because uh, there were several votes where it was supposed to be like a 20-minute vote or a five-minute vote that lasted an hour because uh, Pelosi was forced to negotiate with the squad or, or some other group. I think that she got pushed into a lot of uh, legislative agreements that she didn't want because none of us would vote for it. And you got to remember, they only had like a four or five vote majority at different times over the last two years. Pelosi didn't run her conference the way she had in the past. So I think people look at this and think Pelosi ruled with an iron fist. Not in the last two years. She was getting uh, whipsawed by the, the factions with their own co- within her own conference. Palmer also forecasted what the House Republicans should do if they do regain a majority vote in the House from the midterm elections, leaving Pelosi in charge of a lame duck end-of-year session. I think you're aware that we passed a continuing resolution to keep the government funded through about the middle of December. And that's that's just the game that that Pelosi plays. They'll hold us up with the threat of holding us through Christmas or whatever uh, to try to get us to vote for bad things and and an appropriations bill. And from my perspective, I'll call her bluff on Christmas and raise her New Year's. I don't care. Uh, I don't think we should allow them to get away with stuffing uh, more economy-killing policies into an appropriations bill. State lawmakers representing the Birmingham area are partnering with the mayor of the Magic City in order to stop the rash of exhibition driving that's occurring on the streets. Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin kicked off a press conference this past Tuesday about the bill that will be introduced in the 2023 state legislative session. The House bill does two important things that I want want to say out loud. One, it provides a legal definition of exhibition driving, which removes any doubt or excuse a motorist may make. And then it imposes jail time and or fines for a first and second offense. State Representative Alan Treadway also spoke at this conference. He and State Senator Roger Smitherman and State Representative Rolanda Hollis are all taking part in this new piece of legislation for the state. We updated some of the laws that are currently on the books. We define what some of this behavior is. Uh, behavior is in, 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 in the law, and uh, we put uh, some teeth into the law that the local municipalities uh, can uh, deal with these type of situations. Uh, the impounding of the vehicle is, is key for 48 hours. I think that a lot of these folks, uh, they, if they realize that they can go to jail, lose their license, have their vehicle impounded, we're hoping that's enough to send a strong enough message uh, that they won't participate in this type of behavior in such a dangerous way. Auburn University has now named an interim head football coach following the firing of Brian Harson on Monday. Carnell Cadillac Williams will lead the team as the Auburn Tigers head to Mississippi State for a game this coming Saturday. 
Auburn University will pay Harson the remainder of his six-year contract, which totals out at $15 million. Half of that will need to be paid out to Harson within the next 30 days. Auburn has already immediately begun the search for a new coach. And despite the pushback from within the Auburn Athletic Department, the university has officially announced the hiring of John Cohen to be the next athletic director. Cohen has spent 14 years at Mississippi State, the past six years as their AD. Auburn University President Chris Roberts says Cohen has a wealth of experience when it comes to college athletics. Controversy over Cohen first started when social media posts came to light from Starkville Pride, which is an LGBTQ activist group. In that post from Starkville Pride, they praised both Cohen and his wife, Nell, for their support of homosexual activism and help in making the LGBTQ community gain more entrance into the Mississippi communities. Well, if you feel the need to talk turkey with the cooking experts, you can do so now that it's officially November and the Butterball Hotline is up and running. Questions about how to handle a big turkey and cook a good bird for the upcoming holidays can be answered if you call 1-800-BUTTERBALL, which is also 1-800-877-3456. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1890news.com. In national news, a senior defense official from the U.S. Pentagon is confirming that U.S. military troops have been deployed to the interior of Ukraine and are on the ground. The Pentagon briefing is considered a no-names-given briefing, and it says that the deployment of troops is to keep track of the weaponry and ammunition that has been supplied to Ukrainian forces in order to take on the Russian military. The briefing also says that Brigadier General Garrick Harmon has been tasked with traveling to Ukraine to conduct an arms inspection of that weaponry, which was sent by the U.S. government and paid for on the U.S. taxpayer's dime. Back in April of this year, the U.S. Pentagon also confirmed that U.S. military personnel were being used to train Ukrainian soldiers in certain nearby NATO countries like Germany. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court has weighed in on two ongoing issues that's outside of their regular docket of court cases. First, the Supreme Court blocked Congress from accessing the tax records belonging to former President Donald Trump. Chief Justice John Roberts placed a stay on a lower court's ruling that a congressional panel could obtain the docs. Justice Roberts responded to an emergency application from Trump's lawyers that was filed this past Monday. Roberts oversees the District of Columbia's appeals courts. The stay from Roberts is temporary and could change if there are new developments in the House Ways and Means Committee. That is the committee that's seeking the tax returns from Trump, claiming it's necessary for determining how audits of presidents are done. However, that committee has not requested the tax returns from any other former or sitting president. And the U.S. Supreme Court also lifted a temporary stay regarding South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham and a Georgia election investigation. Graham has been subpoenaed to testify before a special grand jury this coming November 17th as to whether former President Donald Trump was illegally interfering in the 2020 election. Graham maintains that the U.S. Constitution's speech and debate clause shields him from being forced to testify. Justice Clarence Thomas first placed the temporary hold in order for his Supreme Court colleagues to determine the next course of action to take in this case. Graham has not made any public statements on what he's going to do next in regards to the subpoena. A boon has been given for a Republican Senate candidate in Arizona. Blake Masters has been taking on Democrat candidate Mark Kelly in order to win the Senate seat for that state. Masters has brought his Senate campaign from a 12-point deficit into a dead heat against Kelly in the past few months, and he did so without any help from Senate Minority Leader and fellow Republican Mitch McConnell. 
That's because McConnell has been spending a large sum of the Senate campaign funds on the Alaska Senate race, where Lisa Murkowski is trying to cling to another term in office despite her growing unpopularity in that state. Now the Libertarian Senate candidate in Arizona has dropped out of the Senate race and has publicly endorsed Masters over Kelly. And the Republican National Committee files a lawsuit over elections in the city of Flint, Michigan. The lawsuit claims that the city leadership has failed to hire an equal number of poll workers from each of the political parties ahead of the midterm elections. State law requires that an equal number of election inspectors for each precinct come from the two major political parties. The RNC lawsuit says that currently there are only 120 Republicans set up as inspectors out of the 680 inspectors that are used during a state election. The lawsuit also claims that on the absentee ballot counting board for Flint, there are only six Republicans and 56 Democrats, which makes a nine to one ratio. Jack Dorsey is maintaining his ownership stake in Twitter and not cashing in despite the new private leadership of Elon Musk. Dorsey is the co-founder of social media company Twitter and recently rolled over his ownership stakes in the company, which comes in at 18 million shares, according to the latest security filings. Currently, Dorsey, Musk, and Saudi Arabia Prince Awalid bin Talal are the largest shareholders in this social media company. And the Crime Prevention Research Center has released its findings on the national data of crimes against pro-lifers versus pro-abortion groups. This comes from the time that the Supreme Court draft opinion on the Dobbs case was leaked out earlier this year and revealed an overturning of Roe v. Wade that was coming. There have been 22 times more violent attacks on pro-life advocates than those who promote abortion on demand. John Lott is the founder and president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He spoke to Fox News this past Monday saying that the overwhelming narrative coming from the media is that politically motivated violence comes from far-right activists, but review of the data and facts shows the exact opposite. Lott says there is more violence directed at the pro-life side, with a total of 135 attacks compared to 22 attacks against pro-abortionists. The report runs from May 3rd of this year to September 24th. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure and check out Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he discusses an article from The Atlantic in which the writer calls for a COVID amnesty between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Here's the piece. I've got it right here in my hands. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. The Atlantic, Emily Oster, October 31st, 2022. The most epic piece of bad writing I've ever seen. Um, so I just, I just showed, told Boomer, I said, I wish I could play this audio on the air, but the FCC would fine us if we did. But there's an audio, there's a clip I just saw on, on Twitter. Funny, not funny, but it was a guy ranting about the same thing. He's talking about that, the pandemic amnesty article, which I've got right here in front of me. And he's like, hang on. He's like, pandemic amnesty? He said, no. How about, how about this is like if a bunch of us were on a boat together and we got shipwrecked on a little island and half the group got hungry and decided, hey, let's eat those other people. And right as you're about to try and eat us, the rescue boat shows up. And then it's all like, oh, sorry. We, uh, ha, ha, please forget that ever happened. No, you were going to eat us. Anyway, that's, he said, that's what pandemic, that's what you're asking for. He said, nobody ruined your job. Nobody tried to uh, destroy your life. Nobody told you you couldn't come to the family reunion. No one said, you have a heart attack? Too bad. You have not gotten vaccinated, so we can't treat you. He said, he said it was ridiculous. And you just want us to forget you tried to eat us? 
it was too funny. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you are enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of the daily detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about the daily detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 